Hello everybody. This is Darshan Maharaja with you again, inviting you to join me on the eighth leg of our Canadian journey. It has been a while since the previous leg of our journey together. My apologies for the long gap. I think it's more than a month. Uh, today's subject of discussion is something that all of us are familiar with and uh, to varying degrees are irritated by. Namely, the unshakable reality that any time a major event takes place in the US on an issue that is at or near the top of our political priorities or source of friction, which is basically saying the same thing, our political priorities lead to friction. It gets excessive attention from our politicians and media. The fact that the US and Canada are two very different societies that have followed equally different trajectories of evolution is completely disregarded. So let's get rolling with the discussion in a nice and proper way, that is after this intro music. One thing that has bothered me for a while is that our top-line issues for public debate, if we can charitably use that term here, debate, are few and never-changing. While I used the term trajectory of evolution earlier, it often appears like we are stuck in a rut. More worryingly, we are stuck in that rut voluntarily, even enthusiastically. To my mind, this brings us to the even more salient part of this phenomenon, namely that the list of our political priorities doesn't feature things that would make Canada more competitive on the global stage. And more importantly, some of these issues are more or less settled in Canada, whether formally or because bringing them up for discussion is the shortest route for a politician to commit career suicide. I think it is this latter factor, the political career suicide potential of these issues. It is this factor that makes these issues extremely attractive to the political left and their mouthpieces in the media. We have plenty of them. Because now they can force their political opponents out of their silence and into making a statement that would possibly open them... Um, to be attacked, regardless of which side of the argument their statement falls. They can even say, I agree, and then that intensifies the attacks on them. Therefore, it was not surprising, in fact, it was entirely expected, that uh, immediately in the wake of the US Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade, and I hope I am not mangling the pronunciation here, 
the issue it was inevitable that the issue would erupt in canada as if it were a local issue of utmost urgency among the limited number of issues that dominate our public discourse abortion and gun control at, are at the very top prime minister trudeau deputy pm freeland foreign minister melanie joly and other members of the liberal caucus issued statements along familiar lines almost cliched lines we knew what they were going to say it was just a matter of formality that they said it former bank of canada governor mark carney who makes an appearance in the public sphere with comet like predictability also piped in there are people who believe myself among them that he is angling for the position of prime minister when the time comes for justin trudeau to bid adieu to the house of commons and to the rest of us many canadians are eagerly awaiting the day but i think it likely that uh, our current predicament with justin trudeau as the prime minister may not really end on that day and there is a lot of moving parts here not to be outdone on the posturing front contenders for the leadership of the conservative party of canada jean charret and patrick brown issued statements that were along the same lines as the liberals and let's not forget ndp leader jagmeet singh and the rest of his party as well and this is where it got interesting because their fellow contestant of jean charret and patrick brown pierre poilievre didn't issue a statement on this topic this act of omission uh, didn't escape the hawk eye of althea raj toronto star columnist and regular panelist on cbc but i don't wish to repeat uh, the criticism of her take on pierre polyev's lack of statement on uh, roe versus wade maybe instead of saying repeat i should say regurgitate because it has been stated and restated so many times instead Uh, let me talk about another example from elsewhere in the world where something similar to our obsession with our neighboring country is equally prevalent hopefully we can glean some lessons from that example lessons that would help us correct our course as a society but before i get to that example let me say up front that i am probably going to invite some fire my way by citing it this is because the example is from pakistan when i see us events dominating the public discourse in canada the term that comes to my mind is canada's pakistan syndrome this is because from my observation the discussions in the political and media sphere happening there are dominated by things happening in a bordering country namely india there are enough similarities between the two situations to warrant or at least tempt us into making that comparison both countries canada and pakistan have a next door neighbor that is several times larger than them both in terms of population as well as the economy if the us has nine times the population of canada although popularly we say 10 times but uh, I think our population is growing at a faster clip than that of the US at least the documented ones now the illegal uh, migrants in the US is a different matter but uh, I like to believe that uh, US is 9 times the population of Canada and uh, by comparison India has 7 times the population of Pakistan 
And although the US and Canada are roughly of the same geographical size, in terms of the proportion of the habitable part of Canada, the ratio between Canada and the US is smaller than that between Pakistan and the US. When it comes to the economy, we know that the US is about 10 times bigger than Canada. In Pakistan, the situation is even more dire. Some years ago, there was a joke circulating that the annual revenues of uh, one large business uh, empire, that's the correct term, the Reliance Group, and even after it split into two between the two brothers, uh, the part that uh, is with uh, the elder brother uh, Mukesh Ambani of the Reliance Group, the total revenues of the companies in the Mukesh Ambani uh, part of the Reliance Group were higher than the entire GDP of Pakistan. So decidedly, it's far worse than the ratio between uh, the economies of Canada and the US. And of course, this was a joke. If there was any exaggeration in this joke, it was very slight. The reality wasn't uh, very far from that jibe. But I think the most important similarity between the two situations is that in both cases, the smaller country has ideological goals as its topmost priority. Whereas the larger country is characterized by a focus on scientific and technological development, which naturally results in greater economic vitality. In turn, this vitality results in an improvement in people's lives in material terms. Of course, we know that there is widespread poverty in India as well. But between the two countries of India and Pakistan, the people of India objectively have better prospects in the present and for the future. Having said that, I need to acknowledge that in recent years, India has also started prioritizing ideological objectives. While they may have their reasons for doing so, or we may judge them as having lost direction, the fact remains that over the course of their existence as independent countries over the past 75 years, India has carved out a position for itself in the global community owing to its pursuit of practical goals in science, technology, economy, education, etc. as opposed to ideological ones, whereas Pakistan has failed to do this. Now, my sympathies are with the people of Pakistan. I don't mean uh, this to be a comment on their character. But uh, the comparison is uh, obvious and stark. The net result of this is that if you observe the public debates in Pakistan on media, I mean, now there are a lot of uh, shows that I watched um, on YouTube, you know, TV programs and all. You will not fail to notice if you observe that when discussing internal issues of the country, they will invariably have to drag in comparison with India on any, on any issue at hand, whether this comparison is presented as admiration or condemnation. We see something exactly like that in Canada. I have often stated publicly that uh, as Canadians, we suffer from this peculiar complex where the Canadian society is at once vastly more evolved and noble than the American one and perennially and hopelessly vulnerable to all the negative influences from the US. A Twitter friend of mine who is 
usually on the opposite side of the argument from mine on pretty much every topic but we remain civil so we are able to discuss issues he agreed with me wholeheartedly on this and articulated it succinctly as we are at the intersection of superiority complex and inferiority complex first of all it is improper for us to view americans as barbarians which is the tone that i get from the comments of a lot of people in regard to our neighbors to the south not just as a matter of decency but also on objective grounds they have uh, done a lot better on so many fronts than us secondly the fact is that if if we are so vastly more evolved then we should be impervious to any negative influences from the us or from anywhere else for that matter but we ignore all of this and the fact that that also we ignore that the legal political and societal environment in canada is materially different from that in the us as i said earlier this environment is such that any politician who dares to import the policies of the us whether of the government or resulting from judicial decisions into canada would see their political career implode in short order but raising a feeling of dread that some of them could bring such policies into canada successfully is useful as a political tool or maybe i should say a wedge issue which is the popular term it puts the political opponent on the back foot even if they take the same stance as their attackers they can't prove their bona fides because then the sincerity of their statement is doubted there is no mechanism to remove this doubt i mean it's basically impossible as the saying goes the proof of the pudding is in the eating whether the attacked politicians would bring such policies into canada can only be tested if they manage to form government and more precisely a majority government but the exercise in the wedge issue is meant to keep them out of power so it can never be tested more significantly the exercise works this is because as i wrote in one of my articles we have created an environment where accusation suffices as evidence of guilt even past experience doesn't count as evidence to the contrary business uh, witness the fact that uh, when he was the prime minister in a majority government stephen harper did not bring any policy proposal to the table in the matter of abortion in fact he forbade any and all members of his caucus to bring forth ideas on the issue but what is at play here is the imagined intentions of the opposition politicians in the fray the actions of former politicians don't count but the current politician's prior affiliation with the former politician can be invoked to conjure up a scary image when suitable when considered desirable when considered necessary the net result of all this is that our entire political class which i mean to include the partisan media as well here keeps they all keep spending uh, their time energy assuming they bring any to their duties and all the other resources on a matter that is practically settled in canada 
at least in terms of the broader desire to bring about any changes to the status quo the you know smaller proportion of uh, social conservatives notwithstanding they are going to keep pushing and it's not going to get them anywhere so we can treat the issue as having been largely settled nobody is going to change it the fundamental reality of economics and indeed of life in general is that resources are finite and have alternative uses since we collectively expend too much of our resources on unproductive endeavors we have less resources to spend on things that would make canada better or even things that would maintain our systems in good order you know prevent them from crumbling like if something is in a satisfactory state then we can devote our should devote our resources to keep it that way i bring this up because right now we have several extremely crucial issues that we should be focusing on you are familiar with all of them but i'll list them nonetheless at least a sampling of them the chaos at the airports the long delays in issuing or renewing passports the investigation into whether minister mendicino misled the parliament by claiming that the emergencies act was invoked on the advice of or at the behest of the police forces the controversy around the nova scotia mass shooting and rcmp commissioner lucky's uh, alleged interference in an active police investigation at the behest of the federal government allegedly the roaring inflation the possibility that we may be looking down the barrel at a recession and the consequent economic hardships for millions of canadians the impending passage of a slew of bills in uh, parliament that uh, if enacted into law would set canada back significantly on the global stage such as bill c11 on regulating the internet and many more issues this was just a small sampling instead of focusing on these issues we give too much space to a supreme court decision in a foreign country as if it is highly likely to change the status quo that we have in canada on the matter of abortion and you know incidentally there is another example uh, as to how we are uh, selective and uh, give exaggerated importance to us matters there was a law passed in uganda last year which uh, ostensibly you know is to address uh, sex related crimes but within that entire law they have built in some provisions which uh, basically make it criminal to have same sex relationships i don't remember any politician or media making a hue and cry about this if we are concerned as a matter of principle then we should have at least said something okay the us is right next door it's much larger and our perceptions are therefore uh, tilted in that direction so compared to the reams and reams of commentary that came out uh, in response to roe versus wade or the overturning of it there should have been at least something mentioned about the criminalization of same sex relationships in uganda but there was pin drop silence so you know this is why i get a feeling that uh, it is uh, productive profitable for a big uh, part of the political establishment to keep hyping up the fears of 
you know the bad things from america bad things i'm putting them in quotes because people may agree or disagree that they will make their way into the canadian society there is a political advantage to be gained out of it as if i'll repeat this as if it is highly likely to change the status quo that we have in canada that diversion is pretty convenient for people who are running away from accountability on all the burning issues that i mentioned earlier this diversion suits the political ends of those in power quite well but it is to the grave detriment of canada and canadians at large because as i said resources are finite you can't produce additional resources uh, that quickly to devote to more matters so you are necessarily diverting them from productive endeavors to unproductive endeavors and because of that our global competitiveness our position in the global community gets impacted negatively and that's why i'm saying that it's to the grave detriment of canada and canadians at large unless we change course we will become a moribund society characterized by a moribund economy but unduly proud of our ideological purity i know that's a gloomy prognostication and i hope to be wrong in fact i hope to be dead wrong on this but this is my current assessment please let me know your views in the comments below as you know i welcome all productive dialogue i'll see you the next time thank you and goodbye <laughs>